TCU basketball goes on the road and gets a huge triple overtime win against the Baylor Bears. As critical as I was after those losses of Cincinnati and Iowa State, which still frustrate me, what a response by this basketball team going 2-0 this past week, beating Oklahoma State on the road, and then defeating Baylor in Foster Pavilion. We'll talk about that next here on Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Horn Frogs, we're free and available wherever it is you get your podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also subscribe wherever it is you get podcasts in its original intention, audio form. Thank you for joining me. I'm Stephen Simcox, the host. We typically start with football because, hey, that's what drives the bus. I know that's what most of you want to hear about. I understand that. Around this time of year, though, especially in March, we're going to be heavy basketball. But even starting in January, February, when there's a big win or a big moment or some huge news, we're going to break it down. And TCU basketball goes on the road. They defeat Baylor in triple overtime in a wild game. They win 105-102. Huge night from Jameer Nelson Jr. Frogs took care of the ball. They played just enough defense to get a victory, and they are now 4-3 and three in conference play. And this was after falling to 2-3 and three with two straight losses to Cincinnati and Iowa State and looking like they were headed in the wrong direction. I, I put this out on Twitter if you if you follow me there. I'm at Simcox Steven. The show is at Locked on TCU. But the social media team for TCU men's basketball – They put out some good content over the past few days after that huge win. But one thing they did is they did kind of a mini seven-minute kind of documentary, and it started with the Sunday practice after that loss to Iowa State, which the Iowa State game, they had a million turnovers. Iowa State was missing Lipsy, who was their best player. It was a bad loss at home. It was still a close game. They lost by one point. It was a four-point game before that last possession, though. So the game was kind of in hand towards the end. But TCU had their opportunities to win it. They got down by like 19 in the first half. It was just a bad deal all around. Okay, so they're suddenly two and three in conference play. They're going on the road to take on Oklahoma State. I think that game was on Wednesday. And it's Jamie Dixon saying to his guys, he's like, I love this. This is the part of the season, the part of the grind that I love when things aren't going your way. And it's all about, okay, how do we respond? People aren't believing in you. You have to lock arms together and get it done. So they go on the road to Oklahoma State have a horrible start to that basketball game. They're down big, fight, scratch, claw their way back, end up winning that ball game. And then Saturday at Foster Pavilion against Baylor, they're down by 10 points about midway through the second half, down 56-46. Things aren't looking good. Uh, Misi, the center for Baylor, is just getting what he wants. The TCU offense had struggled in the half court. But then all of a sudden, they start getting some buckets. Chuck O'Bannon comes up big. He hit three threes. Two of them were to tie the game late. Jameer Nelson Jr. makes some buckets. And they end up tying that game, sending it into overtime, and they eventually win in triple overtime. So what stood out to me? But the first thing, 13 turnovers. Only 13 turnovers for the Frogs in 55 minutes of play. I mean, they basically played – a third half of basketball. Obviously, it's a five-minute overtime period. But when you go into triple overtime, 
you're talking about playing essentially another half of basketball and they were still able to take care of the ball. And that's something they've done really well since the Cincinnati and Iowa state games is they've done a better job of maximizing possessions, making sure they're not letting other teams get down the break. Cause that's what they want to do. I mean, that's what TC wants to do. They want to run. They want to get up and down the floor. They want to play in transition. And they did that early in big 12 play that slowed down a little bit. They had some transition opportunities against Baylor, but honestly, a lot of the big plays down the stretch were in the half court, and I was super impressed with their ability to get things done in the moment, in crunch time, and take care of the basketball. 13 turnovers in 55 minutes of regulation is a really good job, or 40 minutes of regulation and 15 minutes of overtime. They also held Baylor to a really bad percentage shooting from three. Now, they still gave up a lot of points, but the Bears are 5 of 22, for the day from three-point land and just 22% from beyond the arc. And this is a team that that's what they do. Now, Misi, the center, he had 25 points. They really got beat on the inside and a lot of screen and roll type stuff, right? Because if you're going to hedge hard and you're going to try to cut off those three-point shots, then on the other side, if you're not rotating correctly, if you're not connected on defense, you're going to give up points. That's what they did. Uh, Baylor's got good guard play. You know, Ray J. Dennis had 24. Jacoby Walter, who's their huge – Five-star player. He had 15 points, but it was on two of 12 shooting. He hit a huge three to tie the ball game at the end of the first overtime to send it in double overtime. But Micah Peavy and company, they did a fantastic job against uh, one of the best young players in the country. Walter's a five-star McDonald's All-American type of player. And TCU held their own against them. And they just kept finding a way. It was a gritty, mentally tough, had-to-have-it victory. And they just kept finding ways to stay in that ball game Scratch and claw and get back in it and win the game. Your heroes today. Well, or your heroes on Saturday. Well, it starts with Jameer Nelson Jr. 30 points on 11 of 18 shooting, one of three from three, seven of eight from the free throw line. He just foul shots when he had to, and he just kept attacking. Jump shot wasn't always there, so he kept going to the hoop. And he would get by guys and score and finish around the rim. And then in triple overtime. When they had to have a bucket, they were down by one. He goes in. He takes a tough floater in the lane. It bounces off. He gets his own rebound and makes a really athletic play. I mean, gathers the rebound in one motion, jumps back up, lays it in before anybody can block a shot. And that ended up being your game winner. Then he went down the floor and hit two free throws and iced it and got it done. One thing that Jamie talked about after the game, they've got 10 players on this team that that they're playing. It's a 10-man rotation, truly. And one thing that's meant is guys have gotten frustrated at times because, of course, everybody wants to play. And so they're like, all right, you know, I want more minutes. It's led to guys having bad days. But the the thing that's fascinating about this group to me, there's not one, like, true alpha necessarily. I think Emmanuel Miller is their best all-around player, like both sides of the floor. But it's hard to run your offense through them. You know, they'll give him the ball in the elbow at times. But you're not just feeding him every time down the floor. They've got good guards in Tennyson and Anderson and Nelson. But the guys have kind of traded games who has the hot hand, right? And the thing with Tennyson is he's not – I mean, you can run plays for him because you can run him off screens and let him work off the ball. But – He's he's really a spot up shooter. I mean, really and truly, that's his that's what he does. So 
you're not going to give him the ball at the top of the key and run a lot of two-man action and let him go to work. That's more Nelson and Anderson's game. For the entirety of Big 12 play, Jameer Avery has had it going. Now it's rarely been both of them at the same time, but one of them has had the hot hand, and they found a way to to use them effectively. Now, I mean, I think with Jameer, this might also just be a case of he's coming from Delaware, he's stepping up into Big 12 play. That's a huge adjustment. So, I mean, maybe he's finally starting to feel okay. This is I feel comfortable now. I feel like this is my team. I'm the one leading the charge. I can score. And he's getting after it. But Avery Anderson is also somebody who can make things happen off the bounce. Um, Tennyson has been a good shooter. If they can get Jacoby Coles going at some point. Right now it's rough. I mean, it's just, there's there's no way around it. I love Jacoby. I want him to be successful. He just He's having a hard time contributing. I feel like not a lot of great things are happening when he's got the ball in his hands at the moment. If he comes around later on in the year, that's another huge plus. They have a lot of scoring options which is not something the last few years I would say about TCU. Now, Emmanuel Miller was also really good, consistently did his thing. Chuck O'Bannon, one of the unsung heroes, three huge threes, two of them tied the game, also had like a grown man rebound where he was fighting somebody for it, grabbed it, put it off the glass, and then Chuck gave them good minutes. My old radio partner, Matt Mosley, he asked Jamie Dixon after the game about Chuck because Chuck's had a good run in Waco. He had a, a three last year that was a game winner against Baylor. And he was asking him about O'Bannon. And Jamie said something interesting. I always love hearing from coaches because obviously they see things that we don't. And, you know, I think Chuck's given them good minutes at times this year. And I feel like part of that's been he's just – he's a tough defender. For a guard, he's big. He's long. He can go down in the post sometimes and deal with bigger guys just because he's got that strength and that ability. And Jamie said that Chuck gave him good minutes today. And he's one of those guys that's been frustrated because they got a 10-man rotation right now. But that Chuck gave them good minutes, and he's going to keep getting minutes if he plays defense. That was what he said, which surprised me. That's not what I would have guessed about, like, Chuck's year so far. But he was like, the deciding factor for O'Bannon is he's got to play defense. If he's if he's defending, if he's bought in on that side of the floor, then they're going to give him opportunities. Now, the thing with Chuck is, and it's been this way his whole career, he's a streaky shooter. He's got a weird motion, a weird windup, and I i mean, I don't expect him to become a 40% three-point shooter this year. I would love if it happened. It'd be great. It'd give you more floor spacing, all those things. But I don't think he's going to transform into that type of player in his sixth season, right? He can do that. Like, he's going to be able to help you, though, sometimes. There's going to be one or two more games in Big 12 play, hopefully more, where he's got a shot working pretty well. And he's bought in on the defensive end of the floor. Sorry, guys, for any pauses or weird noises. I, I got a cold, you know, typical every three months kind of thing. But Chuck is Chuck's a solid player. And when he's shooting the ball well, he makes your team better. He's a good weapon to have because there are times where he's got it going and he's part of it. The, the final thing I'll talk about with this. TCU had a chance to win that game in the first overtime. Emmanuel Miller, two separate times, came down the floor, had a chance to shoot free throws, and put it away. Both times he made one of two. The second time, if he makes both shots, he puts them up four with nine seconds left, and that's basically your ball game. He makes the first one to make a three-point game, misses the second, 
Baylor goes down. Jacoby Walter has the presence of mind to do a shot fake, takes one dribble, drills a three. Now we're going to double overtime. It's frustrating. Now, overall, they were 70% from the line on Saturday, which is pretty good. But the crunch time free throws are an issue. Like, it just is. I don't know what to do about it. Like, I think the easy thing to say is, well, everybody's just got to get in the gym and work harder. And maybe that's it. But, man, I mean, I'm, there's there's nobody I would want up there in that situation more than Emmanuel Miller. 83% from the line going into those attempts. There is nothing in Emmanuel's career that makes me think he slacks off and doesn't work. He's gotten a lot better. Like, he's the prototypical guy for this is a dude that puts the work in in the gym. I don't think Emmanuel Miller is slacking off when it's time to practice free throws. It's just hard to make them. And the bottom line is, I mean, it's hard to make them in pressure situations. The bottom line is, I don't know if it's changing because they just need better shooters. And and this has been the this has been the philosophical thing that has bothered me for the entirety of the Jamie Dixon era. And I don't have a great like I don't have a great explanation for it other than this is just his style of basketball. He recruits guys that are long and athletic, especially at the guard positions. And oftentimes they're not real natural scorers and shooters. Like Micah Peavy, love him to death. He has turned himself into a great college basketball player. There are people that criticize him. Those people don't know hoops. Like Micah gets it done. He gets it done on defense. He guards the best guard on the other side of the floor on defense every night. He does. He's he's their best on ball defender. He's turned himself into a pretty good offensive player. He had 18 points in this game against Baylor. Now he's still kind of a one-dimensional scorer. He's gotten better as a shooter, but I mean he's still a guy that's going to go to the rim. I don't know if he has much NBA prospects. I saw Steven Johnson who covered the scene for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram say after the game, he talked to an NBA scout who said people would be surprised how much Mike has helped himself. And I mean, from an athleticism standpoint, I think he could definitely make the NBA. I wonder about his fit though, because I think his ultimate goal would be like, be a, a great defensive player who could also hit threes. And that's not really his game right now. But anyway, he's not a great shooter. Now he comes down and he hits two clutch free throws at the end of that ball game. So I can't criticize him this week, but I'm just saying like Mike is the type of player. He's an outstanding player, a senior contributor, not the best shooter in the world. Emmanuel Miller is a great player. He's turned himself into a, a really good player from mid-range. He can get stuff done in the post. He's a, he's a good free throw shooter. He's not a real natural shooter. Trey Tennyson's really the only guy on this roster that's got like a, a real deal, like sweet shooting motion and he hits shots consistently. And that's just how it is. I don't have a great answer for it. Ernest Uday also gave him some good minutes. I can't run down the whole roster. Bottom line was that was a team win. It was a huge win. Congratulations and life in the Big 12. Now you got to go play Texas Tech, who is currently has the best record in the league and is also ranked highly. And you get that game on Tuesday at 6 o'clock. When we come back, I'm actually going to switch things up a little bit. I'm going to talk about uh, my episode from Thursday about the defense. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. Passion and drive, that's what makes a championship team. It's also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. Over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride 
every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. That guaranteed fit program, you're going to find the right part for your vehicle. So you don't have to stress about, is this right? Is it wrong? You're going to find the right one. Guaranteed fit program is only eligible for U.S. customers. eBay Motors. Use them today. Get the right parts for your car. ebaymotors.com. I did an episode on Thursday where I uh, I projected the defensive starters for 2024 for TCU football. And I've been pretty open through this process of doing the podcast. I've listened now for three years. Or it'll be, yeah, it's three years, three and a half years. Um, And I make a lot of projections, make a lot of predictions. I realize, like, I'm not always going to get this stuff right. And I'm, I always try to be real humble and gracious when I make a mistake. And somebody reached out to me on Twitter. Um, and they just, they gently told me, Hey, you've been saying, you've been getting this wrong. And so I want to correct myself. Devin Deal, who is Marcus Deal's brother, who's coming over from Tulane, uh, transferring in. I've been saying that he's more of a traditional defensive end at Tulane. He played more of a, you know, robber concept, meaning like he was a stand up edge type player. So he would be a really good fit for uh, the stud linebacker position that Andy Avalos is bringing to the table. And other players that might fit that bill are um, Jonathan Bax, young player, who's, who went in the portal and then came back, and then Cooper McDonald, who they got from San Diego State. So I had Devin Deal on the other side as, as a hand-in-the-ground defensive end. More likely that he'll be more at that stud linebacker position. So that's one thing that I messed up. Then in the YouTube comments, some people mentioned – uh, Namdi Obizor, who led the team in tackles last year, and said, did you forget about him? No, I didn't forget about Namdi. Um, and I think it's definitely 100% possible that he's your starter, along with Caleb Alarms or at that other linebacker spot. The reason I had a little bit of hesitation about putting him in the starting lineup, he was great last year, lean tackler, physical. I mean, I assume he's going to be an inside linebacker. That's essentially what he played this past year. But he also spent some time at safety. So I didn't know, like, what – sort of role he was going to be in in the new defense. But, yes, I think it's very likely that he could start. At the moment, I had Shad Banks next to Orr. Um, and I think Shad will have a chance to compete. But you guys are probably right. Namdi's probably in the starting lineup at that other linebacker spot. I just wasn't sure exactly where to put him with the changes in defense. But, I, I mean, I think there's going to be some open competitions here. And we'll, we'll see some changes. We're going to see a more aggressive defense. We're going to see a defense that hopefully is faster sideline to sideline it'll be fascinating to watch you know I mean the old guard like it, Joe was only here for two years so it's not like he had just I mean he changed things up he had his handprints on everything they were doing but at the same time he didn't have like a, a huge mass exodus of players right and so you've got a lot of the same personnel that you did this previous season you brought in some some new fresh players that are going to be able to have a chance to compete. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but yeah, you guys are probably right. I think, I think Namdi's going to start at that other linebacker position. Chad Banks will be rotating in and then past that, you know, I, I I'm kind of worried about the depth of that spot. And there's, there's a lot of different guys. I mean, Marcel Brooks name is going to come up and I love Marcel and I hope he's successful, but it's just a certain point. He's been injured so much. 
I don't know. I, I don't think you can really count on him to play a whole lot. Terrence Cooks, same type of thing. I came over from Texas, was highly regarded. I think he's a good player. But I just don't know what it's going to look like if he's on the field because we haven't seen him on the field, right? So there's not a ton of depth at certain positions. And I think we're going to have to see how spring practice goes and look where it's all at when it kind of comes out the wash at the end of that. Jacob Langford said, I'm definitely a Shad Banks fan and hope he's one of our leaders. Um, yeah, I hope so too. I mean, the athleticism is there. I think he's physical. He's so fast. I hope he's a big part of this defense this upcoming season. I really liked what he did a few years ago um, in some spot duty. I thought last year was a little tougher, but he was also asked to do a lot more things and have a bigger role. Dylan Holcomb said, I think Channing Canada will start at one of those corner spots. Certainly a possibility. <coughs> I mean, like I said, I think these are early projections. It's not, you know, written in stone. And with a new DC, they're going to value different things. Now, I really feel like Avery Helms just penciled in as one of the starters. Um, and I think it's going to be hard to unseat McLeod because he's coming over from Utah and he's had so much experience. But you're going to need more than two corners. Just because they're starters doesn't mean they're not – just because they're not starting doesn't mean they're not going to play a lot. And I could certainly see Channing finding a way to win one of those jobs um, as the year starts up. And then Jared said, I really hope Jamal Johnson starts at one of those safety spots. He looked great in his first year of college. Great motor and tackler. Clark is a ball hawk. Kamar hits people hard, and Johnson is an underrated stud. I like the safeties this year. I hope it's better, man. I, I mean, I agree with you. You know, Clark is a ball hawk. I would love to see him not get not get beat so much, though. I, I think there's a balance between, like, yeah, that guy can make plays. You want to make plays on the football. Also take care of your responsibilities, though. But I think this could be a good safety group as well. I'm excited about it, and I'm just excited about a new defense and some new ideas and philosophies coming to fruition here for the TCU Horn Frogs this upcoming season. When we come back, Joe Gillespie got a new job. I'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. Super Bowl's coming up. Man, how about it? Can't count out Patrick Mahomes. The only team that can keep Pat Mahomes from winning titles is Texas Tech, apparently. They he, they go on the road. They beat the Ravens. Uh, Taylor Swift's going to be there. Travis Kelsey will be there. Chiefs win again. On the other side, the Lions. Man, the poor Lions. I was rooting for Dan Campbell. I was rooting for that crew. But... Brock Purdy storms back in the second half, and the Niners are headed to the Super Bowl. Niners-Chiefs, Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. Before you know it, they'll be here. FanDuel, is, it's a great start to bet on FanDuel. They have an outstanding Super Bowl promotion going on now. If you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, place a $5 bet on who you think is going to win, Chiefs or Niners, just one $5 bet, and you'll get up to $200 in bonus bets. $200 in free bonus bets that you can play around with. You can bet on the score or they have bets for who's going to score the who's going to score a touchdown. How many points are going to be scored? What's the over under? All kinds of prop bets for the Super Bowl. fanduel.com/lockedon or you can download the FanDuel app. FanDuel they are their official betting partner of the NFL. It's where you need to be for Super Bowl Sunday. FanDuel, it's where the game starts. Official betting partner of the NFL and proud sponsor of the Lockdown Network. Joe Gillespie got a new job. No, it's not with the TCU Horn Frogs, but the former TCU DC is going to be the head coach at Waco Midway High School Football, 6A level. And I know a lot of people will kind of laugh and poke fun at this because, yes, he's going to coach high school, but I think this is a great fit. Now, you know, I think part of this is all this happened kind of late in the process, right? Like he got let go at a time 
when a lot of positions had already been filled. I imagine that Joe had some opportunities at the college level. I don't think that things went so badly at TCU this past year that he didn't have chances. I feel like he had opportunities. I know his oldest son is going to play college football this year, and I think this allows him to, you know, watch him on Saturdays. Also, Joe Gillespie, I mean, he was a very successful high school coach at at Stephenville. Um, I think he's a high school coach at heart. I just think that's what he wants to do. It's where he wants to be. He wants to teach the game, and he can do that really effectively there. I wish him the best. I know it didn't end well at TCU, but I think it's a great hire by uh, by Midway, and he's going to do well there, and it'll be a great fit. And I hope that, you know, I don't know what his feelings are. I know Sonny really seemed to agonize over that decision, so I hope that it wasn't just a complete falling out. But hopefully it's still a good little pipeline for TCU to get players from there. Trey Hodges Tomlinson came there, came from there recently. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a good situation for both parties moving forward. I'm excited about Andy Avalos. I'm excited about new defense. Did want to quickly point that out, though. Joe Gillespie, new gig, high school coach at Waco Midway. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast.